This past Monday night, I was watching a NFL football game on TV like some of you were. In the first quarter, a 24-year-old player named Damar Hamlin made a tackle, stood up, and fell back to the ground, lifeless. Medical personnel from the team rushed to him. The young man had suffered cardiac arrest. For 19 long minutes on the field, they performed CPR and used a defibrillator to, to restore his heartbeat. His teammates gathered around him, these big old guys. You could see, him all, see them all holding hands and crying and praying. Members of the other team joined them. You could see people in the crowd praying, and it was a big crowd, but they scanned around the stadium and people were praying. The TV announcers told the millions of people watching that game that it was no longer important and asked people to pray for that young man. They asked him on national TV to all those viewers. A TV sports reporter, this amazed me, even bowed his head and prayed for the young man live on national TV. That don't happen, folks. Nobody complained. Nobody protested. That doesn't happen either. <laughs> Our divided nation was united in concern for that young man. The game was suspended, and people kept praying. Damar Hamlin is a Christian. Instead of the black line some players put under their eyes, to cut down from the reflection of the lights or the sun when they're playing, Damar Hamlin puts a cross under both eyes. Damar Hamlin has a foundation to help kids. Before that night, the foundation had, I think they said, around $20,000 in it. The last I heard, it was now over $8 million and growing. That's going to help a lot of kids. I've never seen that many people praying or heard the word pray said by so many people on live national TV. Wow. God was there that night. He still is. Today, Lamar Ham Damar Hamlin is off the ventilator and breathing on his own. The doctors didn't think that would ever happen, but he's doing it. He's recovering. He has talked to his teammates by video and told them he loved them. He has thanked everyone for their prayers and asked them to keep praying as he continues his recovery. I'm betting the young man plays football again one of these days. His doctors call it a miracle. <laughs> and it is a miracle. We call it, though, the power of prayer. Our prayers should continue to be that those millions of people that heard and saw so many praying and heard the word pray would realize and accept that our God is an awesome God. Not just in a crisis, but every single day. And folks, that is something to think about. <laughs> Bow your heads and I'll pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. And this is your house, Father. You're here. Look out over this audience, and I'm so thankful for all these people, Father. What a blessing it is. And, Father, we do lift up Damar Hamlin. What a witness he is being for you right now. And, God, you were there. 
And you're there when we need you. You're there for each of us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for us. Help us each and every day to be witnesses for you, like the Mars being. And we pray that more and more people will come to find you and find Jesus through all this. Father, we just ask that you watch over Scotty and Gail, Denny and his wife and all the rest of them going through so much, Father. You love them and you're watching over them. And we thank you for that, Father. Thank you for all your blessings. We ask all this in our precious son's name. Amen. I'm telling you what, Sock River's a happening church. Over there, both services were very well attended. This one's very well attended. And I'm thinking there's a, there could, I don't know what you said, sir, but uh, no way. So we're breaking the, we're breaking the law. Yeah. It has it feel to be a lawbreaker. But you know, we could be on the precipice, the edge of some great awakening. It's been a while. It's been a while since people have really been turning to God in amazing ways. And there, little things are happening. You know, the Bible tells us that God can turn the hearts of people back to Him. And that's what He wants. There's no doubt about it. So I think it's, it's a possibility. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, keep that enthusiasm. By the way, the word entheos, enthusiasm, was a word they made. The lost people made to describe saved people in enthusiasm, in theos, in God. So that identified us Christians as being in God. I, I like that idea. Okay, so I want to start with please keep praying for our pastor and his wife. All right? Don't forget that. Keep that on your prayer list. I, am, I know Scotty is going to be back. I mean, he's a tough hombre, and Gail will be back. He's going to be back in the pulpit. I know he's missing it. I mean, because I know what it's like to be a preacher and miss doing what you're called to do. And so there's a good possibility he's asked me to fill in through the 15th, but I wouldn't be surprised if he calls me Monday and says, I'm ready to go. And I say, you go, because he's the header, I'm the healer. <laughs> he's the head. And so, yeah. And, but I'm telling you what, one thing, and I'm taking out of the sermon time, but one thing that people that go to cowboy churches are looking for, and what the, the highest desire for them is to hear the Word of God, all right? Really, we, can, we love the music, and we love the people being you know, open and honest and transparent with their music. We love the food, but we like the spiritual food the best. And that's how churches and why churches grow. Now, if you brought your copy of God's Word, you can use electronic devices. That's okay with me. Uh, I, just, I would like to, to cut the Wi-Fi out and just have a joke, but anyway. Uh, but... Find Mark chapter 1. Mark, that's the second gospel, Matthew, Mark. And look for verse 40 through 45. That's where we'll start. I will have some other references out of chapter 1. The title of the message is, uh, that's Mark chapter 1, verse 40 is where we'll pick up. The title of the message is, A Leper's Faith. A Leper's Faith. And as you'll see the, in the story of the leper, but... What I want to talk about is, as I've been preaching through, I preached through Matthew and then or through the Sermon on the Mount, and this is picking up, even though it's in Mark, it's picking up right after that sermon, and what's happening is people are coming to Jesus by the, in droves, all right? Massive number of people coming to Jesus. 
And Jesus had instructed the people how to be saved, to make a choice, to choose. And now God, in His brilliance, shows us two events right after the Sermon on the Mount about what is saving faith. And we see the leper saving faith here. And back in Matthew, if I'm preaching next week, we'll be talking about the centurion's faith. And we can learn a lot about faith because I'm here to tell you something. The idea of faith sometimes can be confusing. It, it is for me. It, it was for me. People would define it by Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I'm thinking, that's even, I, that's even more confusing than what is real faith. And how do I have it? And so we can learn if we look and watch at the leper's faith, and we can, we can see how to have that life-changing faith. Because I was doing in my studies up in my little room where I study, and my grandson knows where that is because that's where he gets his baseball cards from. Yeah, that's right. And when I was studying, and I came across a book that was written called uh, The Road Less Taken. That was written several years ago by a psychiatrist who's a Christian. And the very first sentence in that book I found interesting. I've not had a chance to read the book entirely. It sold 10 million copies, so it's a very well-known book back in 50s, 60s, something like that, uh, back when I was a young whippersnapper. And the very first sentence in that book is three words, life is difficult. Let me define the word difficult quickly for you because sometimes we're thinking difficult is a negative word, but really it's not. It just means needing much effort or skill to accomplish something. Playing the banjo is difficult. For a new person, a little bit of practice, you can get good. Life can be that way. It can be difficult. Needing to understand things like your spouse or your children or your boss. Life can be difficult. It can. But then also, you see these shirts people go around with, life is good. I had a friend at Ozark Collins Church, the church I pastored for many years before I retired, and life was good. He would go around like this, it's good. <laughs> I'm not making fun of anybody. It's good. But let me tell you something about Jesus, what He does to your life. He changes it. Even when it's difficult, or even when it's a good, if Jesus is in it, it's going to be changed. It's going to have a, be a life that knows that you can make it through the difficulties. It's going to be a life that knows you can celebrate the good times. It's going to be a life of true, genuine faith, living by faith. The just shall live by faith is what the Bible says. Now, let's read the Scriptures and let's see how we can have a leper's faith and why we would want to have it. Okay? So here is Mark chapter 1, verse 40. This is, I'm reading out of what's called the New International Version. The copyright is 1984. I think it's a very good translation of the Scriptures. It's easy to understand. However, when I preach, you'll, you'll hear me sometimes say, your Bible might say, because there's a whole bunch of different versions of the Bible. you got the NASB, the... KJV, the NKJV, the LNLT, the SQIB, and all that stuff. So I'm do my best to help translate it and help you understand what it really says. Oh, so here we are in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him, that's Jesus, and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I'm going to pause because I want you to know 
that this section of Scripture really speaks deeply to my heart personally because of where I've come from, what I've done. In verse 41, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out His hand and touched the man. I am willing, He said, be clean. Immediately, in seguida. That, by the way, that word that Mark is used uh, the, immediately in the original language is used 51 times in the whole New Testament, 41 times in the book of Mark. He likes that word. I like that word. Clean up your room immediately, Alex. I'm sorry, Lord, I've got off on it. Verse 42, immediately, watch this, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning or a strict warning or admonishment or indignation, your Bible might say. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result... Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places, yet the people still came to him from everywhere. It's kind of like Jesus and the leper switched spots. Because the leper was, because of his disease, he was an outcast. He was ostracized. He was seen as unclean, as dirt, as filth, as pond scum. The people didn't want anything to do with him. Stay away from me. Lepers were required to stay 50 paces away from well people. On a windy day, 150 paces, they had to put the hand over their upper lip and go around going, crying, unclean, unclean, and people would make the way for them to come through. They were derided, hated, judged, excluded, ostracized, kicked out of the synagogue, desynagogued. You think he had a difficult life? But what I see here in the faith of a leper is he came to Jesus as he was. So we come to Jesus as we are. And we come to him with our affliction. Uh, let me ask you something. What's with you? Have you ever said that to your spouse or your friend? You can tell something's wrong with them. What's with you? Oh, the Green Bay Packers won. I just can't stand it. Larry, I'm winking. You can tell when something's with somebody, right? Something is controlling them or gnawing at them. Or the sin that so easily entangles us, as the Bible says. What's with you? I can't get over this affliction. And here's the leper. He's afflicted. He's ostracized. He has no hope in his life. But he's heard about Jesus. And he comes to him simply as he is. Yelling unclean, but then he comes. Well, I want to tell you a story. Yes, it's the third sermon and I'm just about gassed. I told two different stories relating to this, coming to Jesus as you are. And one of the reasons I believe with all my heart that we're seeing a rapid decline in church attendance in this country. It's happening. Not at Sock River. Sock, Sock River is different. This, this type of church... God bless, is blessing it. Probably because we want people to come to the church as they are and let God fix them. It was like the story about Shirley. I've told three, this is the third different story I've told on this to try to make the same point. Yeah. 
So I've got two other stories in the bank in my back pocket I can bring next week to you guys. But it's about a story about Shirley. That's my mom's name, by the way. Well, Shirley had gotten saved at this church. And Shirley started going to the woman's Bible study. She's so excited. But Shirley had a problem. She cussed like a sailor. I mean, she was a new believer. But she still, you know, hadn't got all cleaned up yet. Well, you know what the people did? They got tired of it. They came to the pastor, been there. Pastor, you got to do something about Shirley. Why? Because she cusses like a sailor. Well, that blank with you. <laughs> That's what a pastor ought to do. Come, let them come with just who they are as they are. Let Jesus change them. Come as you are. Come. Come to Jesus. Oh, we need churches that will readily accept these people and trust that the Lord will clean them. But Lord, the, the leper's faith, he comes to Jesus. He comes, he makes that way, he breaks barriers. He's breaking the barrier. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's got to get to Jesus, this Jesus he's heard about. And what does he do when he gets there? In, uh, I lost my, uh, chapter 1, verse 41. He declares his faith. No, I'm sorry. Go back to uh, verse 40. Now watch. Here's how he's declaring his faith. And this is what we do when we come to Jesus. He came to him. He begged him on his knees. His faith. He came to him. He declared to him. He believed in this Jesus. His faith was fueled by the hope in what Jesus could do for him. Now let's look at verse 27 and verse 28. Because the news was out about Jesus. The people were all amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching? And with authority, Jesus, he even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. Watch, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. There's a message of hope going out. There's this guy, he can change lives. He can help you through the difficulties. Verse 32 through 34. That evening after sunset, the people brought Jesus, all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. The whole town gathered at the door? Picture that. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. The, the leper had heard this. He came to Jesus, but now he's declaring his faith. He's taking a position on his knees of reverence, and he's making a declaration of faith. If you are willing, I know you can. You know, this is why this touches me. Because I know Jesus can, but is He willing to touch me and change my life? Me? Somebody who's been worse than Shirley. Somebody that is just, I don't know how to put it. I just don't know how to put it. Lost as lost could be, hopeless as hopeless could be, broken as broken can be, and Jesus, could He fix me? Oh, what a Savior. Come to Him. Declare your faith by going to the, on your knees of your heart. You don't have to actually get on your knees if you don't. But just go heart, reverence, acknowledging Jesus. He is who He says He is. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Acknowledge that and revere that and come under that and say, Jesus, I know you can. I know you can. If you're willing, please touch me. Declare your faith. I love this story so much because it's about me.
There's another story in the Bible I might get to someday, Luke chapter 7. I love that story just about as much as I love this one. So we declare our faith, our reverence, and our belief in His ability. But then, here's what happens. When we come to Him as we are, and we declare our faith, then we find the love of God. Note takers, write that one down. We find the love of God. It's in all in verse 41. It's wonderful. The Bible says, Jesus saw this scene. He saw the leper coming right down here, begging him, pleading with him for help. Help me, help me. I know you can. I know you can. And what happens to the Lord our God? He's filled with compassion because he sees the cruelty of sin. Sin is cruel. It's destroyer. It ruins lives. It ruins marriages. It ruins countries. Sin. And Jesus sees that and he hears the man's faith. Oh, what love this is, this compassion. And so I love this part where it says Jesus reached out to him. Well, you know, this is, this is illustrating a truth in the Bible that James tells us, Jesus' is half-brother, that if you draw near to God, which the, which the leper did, right? He came near to God. Does anybody know what the second half of that is? He'll draw near to you. Friend, you make that move to God, He's going to show up. He's going to reach out for you. When my Savior reached down for me, when He reached way down for me, I was lost and undone without God or His Son. When my Savior reached down for me. How you like that, huh? I just sang my first song. How'd I do, honey? Taking 67 and a half years to get there, so. You find the love of God. The love of God. That people like me really didn't know. Didn't know real love was kind of just a word. Until I really realized what Jesus did for me. Then Jesus touched him. Now, you know what that would do back then that day? That would make Jesus unclean. Jesus didn't care. He breaks barriers. We don't care. Come on in. Come on in. Hear the gospel. Because here's the next thing and the love of God is Jesus, if you look at your scripture back in verse 41 where Jesus says, I'm willing, he said, here's what he does. He speaks to the affliction. He says, be clean. Jesus is speaking to the affliction. He's speaking to the person, but he's addressing the problem. Be clean. You know what happened? Immediately. <laughs> All the, man, think about this guy. He's, oh, wow. That's like the Sandman and Spider-Man. I mean, it came back. Wow, it's weird. Alex likes that movie. Jesus, now listen, I want, to make, I want to get this illustration right for you because the wonderful love of God. When there was a scene later on in the Scripture, I believe it's in chapter 4 of Mark, and Jesus says to the disciples, hey, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. It's about eight-mile row. And as they're rowing and other boats are with them, all of a sudden a big squall comes up, big storm. And the boat's starting to fill up with water. 
And these guys, some of them are seasoned fishermen, and they're scared. I mean, they think they're going to drown. We're going to drown! And they look to the back of the boat where Jesus is, and he is asleep with his head on a wet pillow. So they go back to him and say, Master, Master, don't you care? We're going to drown. Do something. And he gets up. And it, I may not get to it right exactly, but he, I know he does. What he says is, he says, peace be still. <laughs> and the wind stops, the storm, the rain stops, and the ocean's calm. And the disciples say, who is this that can even calm the wind and the seas? Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. But who is this? I'm telling you what, the word of the living God is life-changing. It'll calm the storm in your life. It'll get you through the difficulties. It'll be life-changing. It is the word of God. I can't read it for you. You got to read it. Listen, I dare you and challenge you in your difficulty to open up the word of God because the Bible says that the word of God is God-breathed. This is God's breath. When we open it up, He breathes out His Word. We inhale it, and it it illuminates us and gives us insight and helps us in our difficulties and makes that life change where we find that life is good. It's a great day when you know the Lord, as Pastor Philip Wanamaker used to say. It's a great day when you know the Lord. No matter how gloomy, how dark, how difficult it is, it's a great day because He's going to see you through, and He'll speak to your affliction, and he'll say, get out of there, whatever it is. And you're going to say, freedom, and you're going to be like that leper. Mm, Life changed. The faith of a leper. Come to Jesus as you are. Declare your faith. Find the love of God. One more thing. We see that we might observe that the leper kind of didn't obey Jesus. Instead, He did his own thing. Now stick with me because it might be convoluted for you to understand this and I want to make it simple and try to make it clear. But I think I know exactly what, how this can be applied in a positive way and that's what Jesus wants. Did the leper lose his faith? No. Did Jesus condemn him? Condemn him? No. 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 Here's what it is. Jesus came not for physical healing but for spiritual healing. Let's look at verse 38. Look at, yeah, and Jesus, of course, now don't get me wrong. Well, don't say, now he healed me. That's why he came. No, he does heal. Yes, of course. But his ministry, verse 38, same chapter one. As a matter of fact, let's back up to verse 35 because this is illustrating one reason why Jesus didn't want people to tell him, but they, they were healing him. Very early in the morning, while, Jesus, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Your Bible might say, went out into the wilderness. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And I'm thinking, Jesus says, I haven't had biscuits and gravy yet. It's just 6 o'clock. Give me a break. And think about how he was stressed and strained. Verse 38, Jesus replied, Now watch this. This is it. Do, this is the fourth part of, of, how, of our faith. It's do your part. Do your part. We're seeing a decline in church attendance. Why? 
There's so many gifted people sitting out here right now, and they've not, they don't know what they can do. They don't know how they can do it. They've not been asked. They've not been invited. They've not been called. You want to, do, I know you want to do your part. I know you do. You just need an opportunity. Well, what is it? Let's look what Jesus says here in verse 38. Jesus replied, let us go. Not me, us. He's talking to his disciples. Let us go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Our part is to serve Jesus' ministry of the Word. That's our part. I'm not backing up from that because that's what the Bible says right there. Now, what happens to churches today and why we see a decline, little churches, small churches are dying. The big churches are stable they're because they're people from the small churches are going to the big churches. Why? Because they can, hey, they got all these things for us to do. They're going to entertain us and take care of our kids. We can get our kids out of our hair for an hour. They don't have Sock River biscuits and gravy, though, so we got them beat on that. What's happened, though, with these churches is they've got off the main thing, which is the ministry of the Word of God, that Jesus can save your soul. He can heal, yeah, but He can heal spiritually. He forgives us where we have eternal life in heaven through Christ Jesus, our Savior. So what's happened, Stephen Covey said this in his book, The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. Good book, kind of laborious to read through, but you'll get some good stuff out of it. Stephen Covey, C-O-V-E-Y. Here's what he said. One reason why we're seeing decline, but another reason why we can see incline if we do our part. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Let me say that again. No, you, you help me say that. This little group over here at these tables, you say the main thing. Okay, now get these two sections here are going to say to keep the main thing. Or is it, you have to put an is in there. Is to keep the main thing. Okay, one, two, three. I need to do that again because somebody just said something. What? Is to keep the main thing. Wait. Over here. The main thing. I'm, I'm terrible at this, aren't I? Okay, are you ready? I feel like I'm doing semaphore up here. Our mission may be hindered when we miss the main thing. That's why Jesus said, go testify to the priests. You are called to testify to those people that God sends you to. Be alert. Be ready. Be on your toes. You might come across that person that you may be able to help them come to Jesus. Just come as you are. Tell them what you think about them. Have you heard the good news? Jesus is able. He's willing to touch your life. 
You'll find the love of God. Do it. Try it. And we'll do our part. And then we'll see things change and happen in amazing ways. I so want to do it again, but I won't. All right. So we're going to testify where Jesus sends us. Application. Obey His Word. Simple as that. Why, why this scripture impacts me so much? Sometimes I can't put my finger on it. It might be because of the leper's plight in life. Having to go through and kneel unclean. That's what he thinks about himself. Really thinks nothing of himself. Probably wants to die. I just wonder about his loneliness. I've, I've, I've felt that loneliness, haven't some of you? Nobody really cares. Everybody doing their own thing. Life's going fast, leaving me behind. Life's difficult, but it can be good because Jesus changes it. And every day can be a great day because you know the Lord. Simply go to the knees of your heart and just say, Jesus, beg him. Jesus, I know you can. If you're willing, touch my life. He'll do it. He'll do it no matter how long you've been a Christian or if you've never been a Christian, you can be one today. He'll do it. It's just up to you. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And God's people said,